Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Listeners, welcome to the Sunday, March 21st broadcast of the Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan, that's me, and Annette. Hello, Annette. Hello. How are you, Ed? I'm doing good. How are you doing, kid? I'm pretty good, yeah. Everything's great. Uh, did you get the little angel to go to sleep yet? I did. I lulled him with a lullaby. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when we've played hard and been outside all day, you expect to be sleepy, and you're just not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that goes for adults, too. So, yeah, I know. Those kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, well, it seems like we're back onto the the road to warm weather again, so let's hope so. Let's hope Saturday was the last, at least in Chicago, the last of the um, hit with cold, you know, yeah. cold weather. Did you guys get snow over there by you? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it stuck to the grass, not so much the sidewalk or anything, but to the grass and that. So we did get that. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, a first-time listener. Um, Always want to listen to the show, and tonight she can, Lisa J. And also um, waiting on our our guest to call in So uh, for tonight. So uh, we'll take it from there. Um, once they call in, Laura, who is uh, a paranormal author, is scheduled to be our guest tonight, and I believe she's here. Should we go right to her? That's Oh, please. That'd be great. Yeah. Must have been my ESP. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring her on. Hello, Laura. Are you there? Yes, I am. Good evening. How are you? We're doing good. We're doing good. Got a little bit of worried, but there you are. So, um... That's well, you, kind, you guys kind of gave me the wrong phone number, so I had to sleuth it out. Oh, did I really? I'm yeah, sorry. that's okay. Uh, well, she's got good detective skills, so that's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm a psychic. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> you should have known it was the wrong number when you saw it the first time, right? Hey, I sweated it out. I didn't think I would be able to call in either. <laughs> that's good. I'm happy you made it. Um, Laura Ketchledge, did I pronounce it right? Ketchledge. Okay. Good, Ed. Yeah. Pretty darn close. Pretty darn close. Yeah. Um, tongue twister, but close. Uh, you're a paranormal author. Um, you were a skeptic by nature concerning paranormal until your near-death experience 30 years ago. And so you parlayed your own psychic experience into three novels. Okay. What number f- Number one, what was the near-death, if I may ask, near-death mm-hmm. experience? Uh, it was 30 years ago when I fell off of a horse face-first at a gallop and uh, went straight into a ditch, and I died. And I was resuscitated and um, had my cl- a classic uh, near-death experience. There was a lot of information during this experience and a lot of uh, explanation and I've shared, you know, with listeners and when I've done radio shows and a little bit on the Internet, some of it. But I have not revealed all of my secrets. You'll have to read my novels to know what a true de- near-death experience, NDE, feels like. Okay. When so I get near- go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, Laura, if um, your novels are based in truth but are fictional. Is that correct? Yes, well, I've taken my own psychic experiences and created, you know, fictional characters that can live a lot more of an interesting life than myself. And I've put them in a pretend world um, 
But a lot of things are based on fact. I think that the, some of the rules that I've gotten, some of the understanding and, and, and concepts, the rules that kind of go, govern the non-physical world, are all um, explained in my novels. Okay. Okay. When tell me if I would be right on this. This is what I've always done. When people, you know, say they're interested in getting involved in the paranormal or tapping into the spiritual side, etc., I always say your best knowledge or the one, you know, the people that they have the knowledge, total mm-hmm. knowledge, would be the people who have experienced near-death experience, you know, experiences. Go look up their, you know, go look. They're all over the Internet, documents and everything. That's where investigators, et cetera, et cetera, should, I believe, anyways, first go searching. It would be a good starting point, wouldn't you think? Yeah, 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 Yeah. for sure. And Um, I wanted to tell um, the listeners and and you and the listeners, um, resuscitation, bringing people back that have have died, it's it's new. It's only been medically proven the last 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So, so we're bringing back people more often uh, than ever in any time in history, and very often these people have uh, have had a near death experience or an out of body experience. Right, and a lot of that's in the documents, and mm-hmm. you know, the rest of us who haven't experienced that will one day experience it, but until then, the knowledge is with individuals like you and others. And I always believed that was a f- it should be the f- first source of resource research mm-hmm. in yeah. the paranormal. So thank you for confirming that. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, I, wouldn't have, I would have kept my mouth closed and uh, never told anybody about my near-death experience or my psychic abilities unless I was doing these novels. And I figured I would had to you know, show, you know, put my money where my mouth is, and and that's what I did with these novels. And I've also written um, a lot of uh, paranormal uh, first-person experiences and that I've put on on different, um, you know, like UFO Digest and Mysterious America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, would you, hmm, I'm sure you've seen the shows and all that stuff on TV. Okay, paranormal shows. Okay. Are they beaten down the wrong path? Well, I can never, you know, I, I look at it this way. I don't have to, I don't want to confer, convert anybody or um, it's not important if people believe me or disbelieve me. Mm-hmm. I'm not there to do anything. You know, what I did is, you know, is, is share my paranormal experiences because I think people people are interested and some of it's been quite phenomenal do would I lay any money down on some of these ghost investigators on television? Most of them not, but a couple of them I think are pretty much on the mark. And some of the psychics that you see on TV and stuff, uh, uh, they would I, I I wouldn't be going to them for advice. Some I would, but most of them I wouldn't. Okay. Okay. Well, when did your psychic abilities begin? Was it after your near death experience? Oh yes. Now, I was told as a toddler that I had them because it ran through my grandmother's side of the family. Of course, no one told me this until I was in my 30s. I wish I'd known my 20s. I saw a ghost when I was 23 of a really good friend of mine that had passed away, and then my aunt came to me when I was 25 in the middle of the night, and she had died earlier that day, but I didn't know until the next day until I called my sister I got up and ran. I mean, I had a hard time, um, you know, with some of these ghost encounters. And then, and but by the time I was 28, no, actually 27, it just, it was going full tilt. And in the last five years, it's escalated even more. So part of it has been very comforting. Sometimes it's been real scary. Mm-hmm. What, what type of... When you say psychic abilities, um, what does that cover? Well, kind of, uh, you know, you've got to have a, a, a broad uh, a paintbrush for this one because there are different things. I think, uh, let me put this in measurements that I think the listeners could understand. I think that 
a, a lot of people have a pinch of psychic in them. You know, that mm-hmm. intuition, that gut, like, oh, I thought of, you know, Uncle Fred and he just called. I think I've got like a quarter cup of psychic, which is a lot. There's mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. few people out there that have a full cup of psychic, but they're <clears throat> psychic abilities, but they're rare. And nobody has a gallon. Okay. okay. Nobody has a gallon. So, you know, some of these people that say, you know, they, they can do this and that in the psychic world, but, you know, they ought to be out in Las Vegas making some money because that's what I do. But I think that sometimes in the psychic world, you know, you'll meet somebody so credible and it refre- it's refreshing um, to to speak with them and hear what they've done because, you know, they're honest people and they're just trying to share. And I think those are the people that we should listen to and not, clear, you know, close off because you've had some negative or Hollywood stereotypes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let me throw a couple questions out to you, and it's up to you if you want to answer them, okay, since you've been through the near death, since you've died and come back, let's put it mm-hmm. that way. Okay. Um, do spirits get stuck here? I think some really do. I think some are I think there are true authentic ghosts. I have seen one and it it, mm-hmm. was, it was just very anguishing and he came to my house this summer. Okay. Mhm. In the sense of when I throw that out, um you hear you hear people say that spirits don't know they're dead. Um to me that is kind of, you know, my personal feelings. That is kind of a slap to the spiritual side. Um, is it? Are there? I used spirits? to not think so. I used to think, well, you know, um, that you definitely would have to know. But I think also, if your death is so abrupt, you know, you're, you're killed in a split second in an accident, you might not be able to, you know, comprehend that. The man that came to my house this summer, it was so sad, and I'll make the long story short. You know, he came in, he's trying to come in through the window, and I'm pre- trying to prevent this ghost from coming in to no avail. And he he looked at me and he asked me, "When can I, tell me when I can go back to work. So he, this poor man, and I saw him on my side lawn walking in a circle, kind of befuddled and confused. He didn't know he was dead. And most of the ghosts mm-hmm. I've seen really did know they were gone. They really mm-hmm. knew that they had already perished, perished mm-hmm. their physical body. So, so I think the, the thing that surprised me most when I died is that there's more choices when you're dead than you realize. And okay. I think the human mind in the physical world is just not able to conceptualize all, you know, all of it. I think it's beyond our comprehension. So you had a very positive experience with your I near death. I wouldn't. Know, I wouldn't say that. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't say that. It was. It so was many big. people say, "Oh, it's the white light. It's the tunnel. The angels are singing." And then they've heard other side of it where it's, "Whoa, I'm really not going to enjoy this." And then they were yanked back, and then made changes in their own lifestyle. So mine was a little bit of both. Okay. I was very, it was very distraught. It was very moving, and my grandfather was talking to me, and I had a hard time with it. But now, you know, now I'm, I come to, ter- I've come to terms with it. I'm very comfortable, if you can be, you know, um, quote, seeing a ghost. And it's, it's a pretty bold statement for me to come up, come out of the closet and talk like this. I, you know, felt like I was waving the freak flag once I, you know, kind of came clean. But the other part of me is relieved because. For nearly 30 years, I've had this bottled up, and I've only started speaking about it last uh, oh, last summer. Why have you gone with novels compared to this is my feelings, this is my belief, this is... Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I think I'm, you know, just an average person and in some respects quite boring. <laughs> I don't think I've led a phenomenal life. I've made... You know, just like everybody else, I've made mistakes so big you could drive a truck through the middle of them. But mm-hmm. I, I think what I, I like, what has been my gift, is that I can take some of my psychic experience and weave them into these interesting characters. And there is a mystery in each of my novels. 
there's a whodunit in the second novel. And um, people can go to my webpage, www.lurakethch.com, and I've got book previews and um, my first-person paranormal articles. I am, trying, I am sending uh, all of my books to uh, various publishing houses this spring, and I'm mm-hmm. also um, doing something. I've got a fun project. Do you want to hear about my fun project? Yeah, you love fun projects. Okay, you know I've written these serious novels, guys, and I've worked on them for like twenty years. And I mean, I mean, my goodness, it makes Gone with a Wind look like a short read. <clears throat> and it's been so intense to get all these things right and weave all these characters and stuff. I wanted to do something really, you know, cut loose, um, write characters that I really don't care about, and uh, interact with a lot of people. So I am writing, directing, producing and thankfully not starring in <clears throat> a low-budget um, horror movie. And really? I'm really, in, in, in oh, fact, and today, you're gonna, you guys are going to love this, today I just, uh, uh, Bennett Hershon, who is in um, what's Sci-Fi Love Story, he is, it's a band, they're going to score all the music in the movie. So I'm really excited about this movie. I've gotten everybody. There's a lot of people that are signing up. I'm looking for a second director right now, and um, I'll be having actors, you know, uh, please contact me through my uh, web page. I'm going to be shooting it in Lexington, Kentucky, and I'm really excited about it. And then I'm planning another movie, Memoirs of a Psychic, which is autobiographical as the next movie. So within this year, I'll be shooting two movies. Neat. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it because it's yeah. it's turning into a real joyful project for me. And it and it sounds like the novels are what led to it. Am I correct on that? Yeah, these the movies are nothing like the novels. The novels are very, very, uh, you know, <clears throat> they will make a, a wonderful uh, series like the Harry Potter series. I mean, they're so intricate, and it's sort of like the horse whisperer meets the sixth sense. But the, the horror flick that I'm going to do is like an apocalyptic zombie movie. So it's just going to be oh, for... that's my favorite. <laughs> I love zombie movies. I'm 50 years old, guys. And, I mean, I love Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> oh. Oh. So I thought I'd put some ghosts and some zombies in there. But, you know, not your average ap- apocalyptic zombie movie. And I'm really thrilled to be doing this because it's going to, you know, tell, you know for me to let off steam and... and um, it's going so well, um, the planning of it and, and hiring people that I, I'm just tickled to death. You know, now Ed and I actually know some true life zombies. You know, they go on these zombie walks. Ed, what was the zombie that we talked to one night? What was the oh. name? Remember, Bobo oh, the zombie or something? Yeah, that was. Yeah, I believe so. We're oh, talking. now these are Girl. some professional zombies, Laura. We're going to have to put you in touch with them. They'll go anywhere and zombify anything. Well, I yeah, just Chicago thought it would be really a... fun. Uh, I thought it would be a really, really fun project, you know? Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, when it gets closer to the movie being done in that, contact me. There's a couple of Chicago outlets. And like Annette said, there seems like to be a... Uh, it's a movement. I guess you could say country. Chicago groupie type of thing, zombies, <laughs> okay, um, the zombie walks and everything like that. Out well, this... he, the bar is so low after paranormal activity. <laughs> I love paranormal activity, but I thought this guy, he shot it on a shoestring. He shot it on a budget. I can do just as good. You know, yeah. my, I, I, high five to him, you know. Oh, I, I, I really, and I got to say, the actors in that movie made the movie because you you know they came off so much of being a true couple. Yeah, they came, uh, they really acted married. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was that was that amazed me, and I you know it spooked my wife. But it's like anything that was on there, you know, everything from especially the ending where the yeah. thing came flying at the TV at the screen. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's like the internet website where you're watching something, and all of a sudden, boom, something jumps up at you. You know, so um, the, it, it was interesting what the guy incorporated, you know, into the movie to make it. Uh, I'm calling my movie. production uh, company uh, Last Hope Productions. <laughs> last Hope. Yeah, my last hope. 
Okay. I, I have, have a good sense of humor, Ed. I mean, you know, even in my books where, you know, it could be about reincarnation and, and um, psychic phenomena I, I, and ghosts, I do put a little, interject some humor because I think a lot of things in life, even the serious stuff, has shades of humor. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. There's, uh, there's been times with the paranormal I've laughed at myself with, you know, um, what has happened that actually didn't. Um, if you ever need any fight coordinators or anything like that, keep me in mind. Well, thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did 10 years of pro wrestling, so I could script a pretty good fight. Um, That's Annette, exciting. <laughs> Annette, do you have any any questions? You know, I, I would just love to know more about that life uh, near-death experience, but I think I have to wait and read some books. Is well, that right, it's, not, it's not so much that as that to explain it, it would it would take me a couple of hours and you guys might take a snooze, but it is so different. There's nothing comparable in this world to the next. And I think when you die, it's not it's a transition into another dimension. It's not the ending of you. You are still you. You have flaws and all. Continues. Yes, it's just a continuation. And, um, you know, let me put it this way. When my sweet little dog died two years ago, I witnessed her coming right out of her body and running oh. towards me. So we're, it's not it's not just human beings, it's other mammals, too, that have a soul and a spirit. They really do. Good news. How about well, me, reincarnation? Uh, I'm ha- I have a hard time understanding reincarnation because I'm going through trying to trace a past life of mine, and uh, I'm not very successful on the Internet. If, you, if, if you're interested, I'll tell you about it. Yes, Can please. I- Mm-hmm. Oh, go uh, ahead. Okay, then I'll direct you to a book. If you'd rather have me tell you offline, I could tell you the name of the book offline. It may help. Oh, but... you can email me. That would be great if you could do that. Mm-hmm. Well, my, 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 my thing started out like this, okay? I, I do some Hemisync uh, tapes, or I mean CDs, to help felicitate some, you know, psychic contact. And it's in, like in the middle of the day, and most of the time nothing happens. Other times... I have had answers, and sometimes the answers are in the form of like a picture, like a telepathic picture. And I know that this sounds very, very left, you know, uh, it sounds out there, some of the things that I'm saying, but I'm being not as honest us, as I Laura, can. Not to us. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, sometimes you get answers like in pictures. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Well, anyways, this one time I was doing the question. It wasn't a question I posed, but it was a question on the CD. Who was I before I was me? And I didn't think anything of it, and I've asked it a hundred times. Well, friends, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. Because I went to bed that night, and then, boom, I was in this place close to the physical world, and this woman was there, and I told her, spoke to her, and I was an older woman. Of course, she was dead. She was a ghost, and she was talking to me. So now that we've accepted that, I'll keep going. And she okay. said to me, um, I didn't say anything to her. I was just standing there. And she said, uh, your, na- um, your name was, El- you know, you were my daughter. Your name was Eleanor. A jealous boyfriend killed you in 1942. Okay. I almost couldn't respond to that. It was just so shocking and upsetting. And then the event was over, and it seared in my mind. So t- I think it was the next day or the day after that, I'm at the YMCA pool, middle of the day, uh, doing some water walking before my like my, my arthritis class. I mean, it wasn't exactly a glamorous, you know, snapshot <laughs> moment. Here I am wearing my, you know, ugly uh, swimsuit water walking and thinking about what I'm going to pick up at the grocery store after I work out. Yep. I'm walking, and then, boom, I got a picture, a message, and I saw Eleanor's face. I knew it was Eleanor. She didn't exactly have her name etched, but she had red hair and blue eyes. In fact, I wrote an article about it, Psychic Sherlock Holmes Looking for My Watson on UFO Digest, and I think on Mysterious America. It's past life, present life puzzle. Uh, Anyways, I saw Eleanor. I saw her face, and that she was not a beauty, but, you know, nice average-looking Caucasian girl, uh, blue eyes, red hair. So I got to see her. 
Now I know the mm-hmm. date. I know that I died in 1942. I know I was murdered. I know what I look like. I know my name was Eleanor, but I don't have the last name or the address. And I feel very compulsed to find out more information about her. I mean, I, it's really important to me. I, I need everybody's help. Anybody that's listening, you know, email me and um, you know, be my be my Watson. Have you tried to um, meditate back to that state to contact? Oh yeah, I wouldn't haven't been too successful at it. I got to keep doing it. I um, went to Florida on vacation for uh, a couple of months, so I just got back and I had left the tapes here. I mean the CDs here. So yeah, I really need to definitely get back to do it. But anybody else out there that wants to help, I'd be really grateful. Because I do have a feeling it's you know we carry those things with us from life to life. Oh, I can guarantee I know what killed her, but no one's told me. I think and it was it a knife. In, and it would be in your subconscious. Yeah, I think it was a knife. I don't like the fact that I was murdered at all. I don't like the fact that my life was cut out short. Um, it's very disturbing to me. But what mm-hmm. I'd like to know is, did Eleanor have children? Do I have children? And I want to really prove that I'm telling the truth. And, you know, um, I would recognize her. I got on one of those... Um, Internet things where you search through old newspapers, but I wasn't yeah. too successful at it. Mm. You know, I don't mm. know if uh, Laura that you buy into the whole concept that you know we come and experience and experience lives so that we may learn, or that others may learn because of us. So sometimes, sometimes we have to be the fall guy in lives so that others may learn their lessons. Yeah, I'd like aid. to reshuffle the deck on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, now here you're probably in this lifetime, probably uh-huh. this subsequent lifetime, getting your opportunity, you know, to be the one who uh, does more learning as opposed to being the one who takes the fall so that someone else may learn. Yeah, could be. I think that's a really great point. Thank you. I also think, you know, um, it's a possibility that, you know, Eleanor, you know, was buried and, you know, had a funeral and everything and, and, the, and the murderer was caught. There's also a possibility that Eleanor was never found, that she is listed as a missing person and that her killer could still be alive. And if that is true, I'd love to find out who he was. I'll knock on his door and say, <laughs> surprise. You know, I will. I mean, I'll cra- travel all across the country. I- I'd like to... If that man is still alive, which, you know, 1942 was a long time ago, I'd definitely like to confront him. There's part of me that's angry that Eleanor was killed or I was killed. Yeah, but you wouldn't have been back, you know? There's a trade-off. Well, still, you know, um, I'm forgiving to a point. (laughs) You know, the whole thing, I know it sounds like it was really kind of hard for me to, to handle but, you know, I did the whole reincarnation book is my third book, The Reincarnation of Tess Hamilton, and she's been a, a character throughout uh, the series. And the funny thing is, like 18 years ago, I met this woman at a restaurant, and I, she had this red hair and this striking blue eyes, and I thought, you know, that has got to be uh, my Abigail Cantrell character, Tess's past life person. And then I find out, you know, when I see Eleanor's face, she had similar blue eyes and red hair. Now, how ironic is that? Yeah. Synchronicity yeah. doing its work, yeah. Hey. Now, what's the first book? Uh, the Near-Death Connection. Now, the and publishers it- may change them, and the second book, Throwaway Horses. The publishers may change the name, I'm not sure, but what I'm trying to get is a movie deal for these books. That's why I held off. To, um, to the third one was completed because I'm, you know, trying to be a good businesswoman. All right, the first one. What would that basically be about? Oh, it starts in Middleburg, Virginia, in 1979, and this is a story where you're going to meet all of the characters and all of the books in the first one. And there is a crisis or a reason that I don't want to go into that these people get together that have all been patients of this Dr. Valerie Bracegirdle, and they had all had near-death experiences. Um, And the five people 
when they were resuscitated and came back, these five strangers all had different psychic abilities. Like um, this one uh, character, Franklin Davies, works with the police and he has these clues. You know, uh, he works crime scene cleanup. And then you have this this judge who was a, kind of a redneck cracker and he's... Um, was born in the last century, and um, he's an old, old man. And um, he says, in my past life, I was oppressed. In my present life, I was the oppressor. So mm-hmm. one of the characters says, well, what was the, the <clears throat> biggest epiphany when you had your near-death um, experience? He said, the absurdity of prejudice was his epiphany. And he was a changed man when he came back, and he was a very damaged soul. And he's one of my most interesting uh, minor characters. And then once you read this book, um, I truly believe that the reader will feel and have experienced a near-death you know, experience without having died. It's that vivid. Okay. It's one of the things I'm most, most proud of. So the book gets into what is seen once one crosses over, I guess. Well, that's just one of the factors in some of the different psychic abilities. There's a real plot. If you took out the psychic in all my books, uh, there's a murder mystery. There's another type of paranormal mystery. Um, you've got compelling characters, and it's not like a bunch of you know college kids. Uh, these mm-hmm. books would be interesting to somebody in their 30s, 40s, and 50s because they're not one-dimensional. I don't know. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you like the show Lost? I don't know what that is. The, the TV show Lost, do you ever watch I've that? Just, I've just seen it once. Okay. The great thing about this TV show, the reason it's a phenomenon, is it has this excellent character development. So each week you find out you know, all these intricate uh, things about these characters. Well, in my books, and all of them, you have... Like the mother of this, the girl that's the ingenue, she's interesting. She's a cardiologist. She has a past. She's had a divorce. Everybody is multidimensional, and some of the characters change. Like one of the villains that you really don't like, uh, B. Winslow, you, you grow to have an affection for in the third book. Just like everybody else, people change. And this book starts in 1979 and will go to present day, so... You know, a 30-year span, my characters change a lot, and um, I'm, I'm quite thrilled about it. I have one more book to write in the series, and then I'll mm-hmm. be done. So I haven't written it yet. I've just got the three novels. All right, the second novel would be... Throwaway char- Horses. Yeah. And what does... What is... Well, my away? character, Sharon Landry, who, in all my books, the only character that's really based on me or has my personality is Sharon Landry. She's basically a train wreck, but quite adorable. Anyway, mm-hmm. she's in her uh, 40s, and she has these friends that come over a Christmas Eve. Um, it's all very well plotted out. And she tells her about her mysterious past. And it all starts in 1959, Ormond Beach, Florida, which is my hometown, and uh, it's about a slaughterhouse uh, and all these horses that are throwaway horses. And there's a, a real mystery who done it. And there's okay. a lot, a lot of things. You even have a couple of uh, ghost horses, and then uh, you find out what happens to her afterwards. And that's just as almost interesting as the who done it part. And it's the prelude to the second cha- part of the uh, second book, which is. The Last House in Covington Lane, which is a true haunted house um, mystery uh, with a twist. Interesting. Interesting. What? And these are all set in America? Is that, is oh, that yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Middleburg, Virginia, Ormond Beach, Florida, and the rest are in Virginia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it'll, you know, people that love horses, people that love a good a ghost story, and a little action and adventure and a whodunit. Um, there is a method to my madness in my writing, and you've all at the last book, all of the characters will kind of re-collide, um, and you know there will be conclusion. Excellent. Okay. 
We got a um, caller with her hands up on the screen on the switchboard. Are you willing to take a call? Oh, I'd love to. All right, let's see what happens. You never know. <laughs> okay, caller 423, area code. Let's try again. Hello, caller 423, area code. Hello. 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 Hey, I'm Evelyn Bigby of the Mormon Church of Christ. And I have an honest question about um, the psychicness. I, I haven't done much research on it. It's not approved by our church. But I was wondering what psychics believe about life after death. I mean, I, what I've read in my studies are that people who are entitled with and have the power and ability to be psychic, they are maybe consumed with demons. So I was wondering what people that do psychic work think about life after death, like maybe heaven or burning damnation. I just was wondering about that. Well, I believe, you know, it's very important to be a good person and do your finest while you're alive and that we're living here and now and death is going to get us all. So, But, you know, why rush? Uh, also, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a, a um, Presbyterian. I'm not filled with demons. Um, I wonder if some of our politicians are, but, you know. <laughs> but uh, I also think that, you know, there is a heaven that's not quite, you know, what we'll all find, we'll all find out when we're dead. But I, I, my version of heaven and hell has changed. And I think hell is uh, turning away from God and not learning in his grace. And I think that is the loneliest uh existence that you could possibly uh, experience ever, you know, living or dead. Uh, but I also think there's a real morality, uh, a real right and wrong. And when you do wrong, you're going to see it in your past life or in your life's review when you die, and you are your own worst critic. So there is a, a kind of punishment there. But as far as, you know, demons, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, you I haven't really experienced too many. Actually, perfect. You know, it is everyone's witness here on earth before the final judgment from Jesus the Christ, the Savior of Lord. But, my, you know, I've heard, you know, if everyone could read minds, everyone would be psychic. But I can't read minds. I can't do it at all. I've never actually even met a psychic before. So did you just have this gift, ability when you were born? Or did you, because I've heard also before that psychics worship the devil. Uh, you know, I basically, let me step in there. Um, number one, um, my co-host, Annette, is a pagan. Number two, I'm a Catholic uh, slash Christian. The thing is, I think what society, America, and the universe as a whole has to get accustomed to is a unity of faith for the simple fact one person may say a God, but to another person's a higher power, okay? My God is my higher power, and that's God or goddess is her higher power, okay? I think whoever, whatever terminology you want to call it or name that you want to call it, they're just grateful that in the long run people believe in a faith, okay, a faith that calls them to be good, a faith that calls them like Laura said, to have to know the moral parts, the moral, moral things of life, not to harm others, okay? Uh, to say, because I, I do readings, because I can communicate with the dead, because I can do psychometry with items of loved ones who've passed away. Believe me, if it wasn't for a miracle that was presented to me by my faith and my belief in my higher power to save a young child's life, okay? Believe me, there is a such a thing as miracles. And I'm not being, man, excuse me, listeners. I'm not being, okay, prosecuted for the fact of what I do. I think I'm being led because I'm trying to show individuals that there is a spiritual side, a spirit world, everything, Okay. So, oh, I agree with my, you, Ed. Yeah. That's, that's that my answer. That, uh, that's that makes, my answer. That's, I'm not going to allow on this show anybody's faith to be put down because it doesn't live up to somebody else's expectations because if we start doing that, 
we might as well be a society that's full of dictators, period. I agree. That is a that is a very good point. And I just haven't done a lot of research on it, and I've just heard a few things here saying she's saying. And I, that was a very good point. I just did not know. I've heard things with Ouija boards and, and psychology, you know, doing things with psychics and stuff. I just didn't know. And well, I I well listener, I, th- I think a little bit being open-minded, okay, because just believe me. trying a little bit. Believe me, me and Annette, okay, we never get into any heavy discussion. I've, I've actually discussions about against each other, either one's religion. I've seen two individuals from the same church, the same pastor, the same Bible, the same religion, debate with each other over what was said in church against each other. Now, <laughs> that blew my mind, okay? where me and an individual like Annette together do not have that problem. But you know why? Because there's a belief in the unity of faith. Okay? Back to oh, everything I, I wholeheartedly I agree, Ed. I think that's very well put. Okay, there are many so, paths up the mountain, but there is only yeah. one mountain top. Yeah. That's so. very true. We, we as the Mormon Church believe that fully. Okay. Well, Thank and you, I Paula. also I want to be very clear. I do not give readings. Even if I could, I wouldn't, but I can't, and I, I'm not interested in that at all. I just kind of write uh, delightful books with psychic insights and um, make uh, zombie movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty benign, guys. I don't I don't want to be chased down the street with a mob saying I'm a devil worshiper because well, I'm not. <laughs> and, the re- and the reason you base you make the zombie movies is for entertainment purposes. Fun. Yeah. And, listener, let me say, too, with anything I do, be it the house parties me and Annette do or whatever, it's all for entertainment purposes. We state that. We do not We do not make any claim. I refuse, and basically anybody who works with me, I won't stand for it neither. We don't tell people about health. We don't tell people when they're going to die or how long they're going to live or anything like that. Because you know why? If it, if it has to do with health, See a doctor. Don't see a psychic. If it has to do about living or if it has to do about living or dying, okay, or death, you know, check yourself and check with your higher power. That's your answer there. Thank you, caller, for calling in. You did open some doors that allow me to walk through, which I don't get to say that often, and uh, I appreciated it really. Thank you. God bless you. That's what we Mormons do. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Ed, I had a question for you. I know I'm going to interview. Let me catch my breath. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. No, let me me just tell you. You know, I had two teams of psychic investigators come to my house um, about six or seven months ago. Uh, They came uh, separately. And they both found electronic voice phenomena EVPs. Since Mm -hmm. I haven't read any other people's psychic, you know, um, books or paranormal books because I'm writing my own. I didn't want to, you know, get any overlapping ideas. I was pretty impressed with the psychic teams that came here, the investigators, and the fact that there are EVPs in my house and the fact that when we did a seance, there was a cluster of shadows that traveled across the ceiling that were photographed. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't understand what the cluster of shadows meant and the fact that everybody's camera stopped working and then went back on or that the woman giving the seance, her hair stood up straight. Uh, like I love Huxley. those things. So, love but those it was pretty things. exciting for me. Yeah. I don't know. EV- <clears throat> EVPs are pretty cool. Um, yeah. We when I do when I I deal with haunted historic locations, um, and we help you know we help them in uh, raising money. But like I said, my thing is to show people that there's a spiritual side. Okay. I don't sit there when I do what I call my seance, my seance. Um, I do it differently. What I attempt to do is raise the spirits in the locations or the spirits about around, okay? Because to me, and you can probably confirm this, uh, spirits, they have no boundaries, okay? And by raising them, what happens then are the people that are at the table, and this is my ultimate goal they almost i guess you could say become the medium 
because oh. they're telling what's happening to them. They're telling the experiences. They're telling um, if a child sat on their lap, which does happen. We had a lady that sat there and just shook, 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 shook for the hour and a half that the seance went on, okay? But was in total control mind-wise. Her body just shook, okay? So that's the experience. That's when I say my goal is to show people or have them experience that there's a spiritual side or spirits. That is the goal. I could sit there and say, oh, so-and-so spirits over here to your left, to your right, above me, floating across from us, okay? But I don't. The people at the table experience it, and they tell the story of what's going on. Wow. So, yeah. So a um, little something, like I said, I'm being directed in which way to take this, and I just go with it. Well, that's and very everything's, interesting. And everything's been a self-discovery. I think you agree, right, Annette? Yes. You know what I, what I find that's very enchanting is the fact that, you know, there's a lot, a really good core group of people out there that are trying to help each other with their own, you know, paranormal experiences. I appreciate that very much, and I've been treated wonderful in the para, paranormal community. I have to say everyone's been gracious and kind. Well, that's good. I'm happy. I'm happy about that. You want to try one more caller? Oh, I'd love to. Annette, should we go for one more? Let's give it a go. Okay. Hello, call. Oh, the caller disappeared. Okay. That's when I was going to bring him on. It was area code 423. No, that's when I was going to bring him on. They disappeared. So, Okay. Uh, Annette, do you have – let me – one final question, Laura. Anything that you want to express to the listeners about – Mm, what can I say? The path they should take because of what is awaiting at the end of the path. How does that sound? How it's changed my living my life now, you mean? No, I mean sure. for the listeners. If you were to give them a, you know, what can I say? A Obviously, Laura has made some changes in the way she lived her life by the way she just said that. Yeah. So okay. Ed is asking... Laura, would you give a bit of advice in general to the listeners based on your experience? You know, should changes be made? Should they stick to the certain path? You know, everybody's an individual, of course, but would you give a broad general tip, so to speak? Well, I think that the best advice I could, um, could give everybody is not to judge you know, thinking, oh, well, this person's a kook or that person's, you know, uh, you know, a yahoo or oh, they don't know what they're thinking. I know what they are, you know, what happens life after death. Let go of that because until you're there, you don't know. And when you get there, it's not what you think it's going to be. It looks so different than the physical world, just so different, so iridescent and beautiful and there are these places that you go, I'd say layers uh, or rings around the earth. Huh, it's hard for me to convey it and to put into words what are known to me. And, uh, you know, the beauty and the level of love and compassion, it, it's, just, it's just wonderful. But it doesn't, Well, that is it, good news. <laughs> yeah. There are, there are some really, really good things about it. But I think that you should be open-minded and realize that, when you die, it's a transition, and you take your, you know, you're still you. You're still you, down to, like, your psychological DNA. I don't know if that would help anybody, but you are definitely okay. still you. Okay. Angels, do they exist? Have you, okay, have you witnessed any? Angels? Yes. Uh, yes, but not in the way you think, you know, not with the harp and, and, the, and the wings. I, I understand that. I yeah. understand that. I think there's people, what I call, like, people that are felicitators or assistants or guides. I've considered, I have experienced quite a few guides, quite a few. I mean, okay. I feel like I've got a team on the other side that's pulling <laughs> for me. I really do. I feel, I feel very... Uh, uh, very humble. 
Now, Lord, you, know, do you have in, what, in t- present lifetime today. Do you, I know that you feel that those guards are with you, but are they um, tangible to you right now? I mean, are you have some communication or an idea that you know you know when they're assisting? Is there any of that for you now? I think I've gotten a lot of help to write the books. I mean, no lie, I really have. And when I've asked different uh, spirits, uh, you know, is this what I'm supposed to do? Sometimes they've answered in pictures, and it's all been pretty darn positive, which surprises me because I never thought of myself as a writer until I dreamt my first book. In 1987, I had a dream, and I literally dreamt the beginning of my uh my first book so i believe it was a gift there is a message without me preaching in these stories there really is a lot i've tried to convey the essentials of uh and the importance of your own personal integrity in this life which you carry the next personal integrity people don't talk about it often enough but it is like the foundation of who you are and if you don't have that, you can't build a strong house over it, meaning a strong life. Yeah. Very good. Listen, how I can people stay, all the how time, can people you know? stay in How can people stay in touch with you, Laura? Uh, I would love for people to go to my uh, web page and read some of my um, excerpts and um, of my book previews and my radio shows and whatnot and. It's www.lurakethch.com, com, And join me on Facebook, Twitter, and MySpace. They're all Laura Ketch. And I would, okay. I would love to have new friends and um, hear, hear from them and, uh, you know, send me an email. Well, let's become friends on uh, Facebook. And... Uh, uh... You can I'll be updating. Put I'll be updating all of my, you know, uh, movie uh, shooting and stuff. And you know, guys, to do the movie is going to be a breath of fresh air and a whole <laughs> lot of fun and nothing but entertainment and giggles. Oh yeah, definitely fun. Definitely fun. <laughs> good. Have a good time uh, with that. Thank you. Uh, um, and if you want, you can always create a link to this broadcast for your future use. If you oh, want. I'd like to put it on my web page if that's okay. And then yeah, I'll yeah. put it on all my social networks, and then people can click on to this podcast, which is mm-hmm. fun. That's what I usually do when I do shows. And yeah, uh, we get a lot of down, we get a lot of downloads. We do um, a lot of downloads. Um, we do this at nine o'clock at night for the simple fact it's cheaper for the callers and or for the listen or for the guests and myself and everybody else to call these numbers. But the downloads are uh, fantastic, so you will be heard, Laura. So, oh, thank and, you. Uh, there are there are people listening tonight, and to them I would like to say thank you, Laura. I'd like to say thank you, and that and I have about five minutes left, so thank you for being on, and uh, keep us posted about the movies. And like I said, I'll give you once they're done, I'll give you some uh, outlets here in Chicago that may be interested, and. Um, showcasing your stuff okay well thank you that's been very kind for kind of you and it's been a pleasure being a part of your show thank you for having me on thank, thank you, you for being here okay thank you laura thank good you. Night. Night. good night hi annette how you doing great what a nice guest <laughs> yeah she was she was she was a real nice guest uh sorry for my little rant but i <laughs> i get in defense you're allowed of, you're making good points I get in defense of you and anybody else that uh, may not be, you know, living up to other people's expectations. Um, yeah, I think that listener really wanted to be open-minded. I think wanted to be open-minded, but perhaps his terminology was poor. You know, his lingo was not acceptable. So I think that's what probably sent you off. Yeah, but the guy was cool about it too. I mean, you know. Yeah, very, very. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it didn't become no, uh, um, I just, you know, I just defend everybody's, you know, faith, like I said, and um, uh, there was there was a relief, though. <laughs> I've been, been waiting for that door to open for a while, you know, just to come out and say it, but um, but I, I thank the caller for allowing, opening the door, and for being cool afterwards, and maybe... Um, it did give him some 
thoughts that you know perspective. Yeah. Yeah, that's um you know, they dude, even his faith, I you know, in what he believes, the Mormons or whatever he said, is fantastic. I've listened to them, I listen to everybody. Um, so um that's about that. Hey, do you know when our next not on Sunday night broadcast is? Do I know? No, we haven't set the date. So yeah. you don't know, I don't know. We will set a date. But we do know that April 11th oh, is yeah. our radio show. And that's, which that is a, a nuts creation. What is that? This is my baby, yeah. Um, a Tanya, Miss Tanya Kay will be with us. Um, she's a raw foodist, actress, and athlete. Um, she's written an e-book describing her diet and the different things that she does in her lifestyle as a raw foodist. And she'll tell us all about the benefits of living that kind of a lifestyle. And uh, Eden Romer will also be with us. She's from rawearthliving.com. She's an educator in the, oh, with supplements and pH balancing and raw foods. And she just knows her scientific stuff. And she's great fun. Uh, they Both ladies are great fun. So we'll be talking a lot about um, the benefits of healthy eating. Um, all of us will be a little bit surprised about what kind of things are available to us in our food sources that we, you know, we just drive to the grocery store and grab what we need, hardly thinking about it twice. And they'll give us some thoughts on what we sh- how we should be thinking about, you know, quick buys at the grocery store. So... So hopefully we'll all wind up with a better body and mind after April 11th. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be playing the uh, part of the person that knows nothing uh, about it. And, uh, and I'm just starting my baby steps, so we'll have Ed not knowing anything, me knowing a slight bit, and Eden and Tanya can tell us all, fill in all the rest of the gaps. Yeah. And uh, so, and we'll get back to, well, anybody become become a uh Become a friend on Facebook. Become a friend on uh, Blog Talk Radio, and you will know when our next Not on Sunday Night broadcast is coming up. And uh, later in the month, on the 25th, we're going to have Bill on, who is uh, somewhat of a conspiracy type of guy, but with facts. So that will be a little different, and hopefully he will be our guest on a regular basis. But until then, I would like to say thank you, Annette. And uh, thank you for Laura, to Laura if she's still listening. And uh, I'll call you in a couple minutes, okay, Annette? Got two Very minutes good. remaining. We're going to shut it off with a song called If I Can Dream. And listeners, thank you very much. And talk to you. And I'll talk to you in a little bit, Annette. Bye-bye. Bless the being. There must be lights burning brighter somewhere Got to be birds flying higher in a sky more blue If I can dream of a better land Where all my brothers walk hand in hand Tell me why Understanding sometimes strong winds of promise that will blow away the doubt and fear. If I can dream of a warmer sun where hope keeps shining on everyone, tell me why. Trouble with pain But as long as a man
the answers. 